Welcome to another episode of Erstwhile, the Fargo podcast. I am Johnny. And I'm Dirk. And today we are talking about, which episode are we talking about? This is episode eight already? Episode eight. Who rules the land of denial? As far as I know, this episode title has absolutely nothing to do with Bridge. Yeah, I don't think so. And as far as I know, it's 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 not even a reference to anything. I mean, at least Google couldn't parse anything out. So hmm. we can talk about that in a little bit. Let's do a quick recap. All so right. we're st- we start out at the prison bus crash again, kind of seeing it through the eyes of um, Yuri and Mimo this time, though. Uh, as they kind of cause the crash, attempt to get Nikki, but with the help of Mr. Wrench, they escape. And the two are now shackled together and on the run, venturing deeper into the woods, attacked and wounded by Yuri, and so DJ Qualls apparently in the script goes by the name of Golem, not Gollum, Golem, (laughs) the... The what is that? It, it was it's an old like um, Hebrew Jewish mythical yeah. creation character. Mm-hmm. He's not named in the show, but apparently he is Golem. Anyway, they are pursued by Yuri and Golem. They manage to kill Golem. DJ Qualls. Sorry, only like two episodes, but DJ Qualls. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he dies um, and Mr. Wrench wounds Yuri with an axe actually just kind of throws it into the brush and manages to cut off his ear somehow yep. um, after breaking their chain Nikki and Mr. Wrench uh, kind of stumble upon a bowling alley where Nikki meets Paul Moran played by Ray Wise who we saw a couple episodes earlier Gloria met him uh, when she was out in California Moran encourages her to fight the wickedness of the world. He also leaves her in Mr. Wrenchakar, which they flee in. Um, Yuri reaches the bowling alley where, where Moran confronts him about the sins of his past. Uh, on Christmas morning, Gloria is called to the scene of the bus crime. Um, the same day, Sai has a very weird confrontation with Varga trying to see Emmett and Varga poisons him sending Sai into a coma we then time jump three months into the future it's now uh what was it March March 15th sorry yeah Nikki and Mr. Wrench are still at large still on the run Yuri has gone missing Gloria has officially been demoted and now works in the larger station and Varga has expanded Emmett's business. Uh, while visiting Sai, Emmett is approached again by Gloria and Winnie, and is shocked to discover his late brother's car parked in his parking space. Another abnorm- abnormality occurs when Emmett discovers all of the pictures in his office have been replaced by photos of the infamous stamp. And later on, when someone has placed a fake mustache on him while he was sleeping. <laughs> uh, Emmett believes that either Ray is alive or that Nikki is sort of plotting her revenge. Varga tries to calm him down, gives him a tranquilizer, 
which apparently I didn't catch this while watching. But apparently Emmett fakes taking. He doesn't actually take it. Oh. So later, when we go back to Gloria at the station, Emmett arrives at the station where he announces he has come to confess. And that was the episode, Who Rules the Land of Denial? So where do we want to start out? Uh, let's start out with setting up the crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked the opening of this episode. The way it was edited was very cool. Just that kind of, you know, intercut scene going from, uh, you know, driving down the road with, uh, Mimo and Yuri in their car. You see the the bus as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you see them set up this giant metal tube. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the, I caught that in the previous episode. Maybe no. you didn't even see what caused the the bus crash. I don't think we did. Yeah. I think we only saw Yuri walk into the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when they were setting that up, I thought, oh shit, are they going to fire something at this bus? Oh, no. <laughs> if it doesn't like stop in time. Uh-huh. Uh, but then they essentially just used it as a ramp to flip it over. Yeah. Which is an interesting way, I guess, to get them to stop. But it yeah, worked. <laughs> it definitely worked. Um, and I also liked the fact that they muted all the sound when when they went inside the bus. So then we immediately knew, okay, this is going to be from Mr. Wrench's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think he's going to stick around for the last few episodes? I hope so. Um, I Like after this episode, I think he's going to be around for a little bit. I mean, it would be surprising to me if Nikki was pulling off this elaborate trying to drive Emmett crazy scam all on her own. Um, so that's why I think he's probably in on it somehow. I have some theories on that, but mm-hmm. we can, we can wait on that okay. for a little bit. Um, but I really enjoyed the chase through the woods. Um, and just with Yuri, um, uh, and Golem, and was Mimo was still with them at this point, right? I think he was wearing a goat mask. He's at them. He's with them at the crash, but after the crash, he is charged with chasing that couple who right. drive by the crash, see that something shady's going on. So Mimo well, and that gets was, in the van and kind of goes after him. That was very reminiscent of Fargo the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, because some innocent <laughs> passersby kind of rubberneck and see that something's gone wrong and then the baddies kind of chase after them and they meet their untimely demise yeah um i thought that i was almost certain that yuri had been shot through the head with an arrow by those hunters because he was wearing the wolf head um and they were watching as mr wrench and nikki were making their way like through that clearing yeah that would have been at least in my opinion, a great way for Yuri to have died. Only Agreed. it would have just been a very Fargo way yeah. <laughs> to have died. Like he doesn't get killed by anyone we've seen yet, a good guy or a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He just gets killed because he was wearing a stupid animal <laughs> head by a hunter. But alas, yeah. he did not die that way. No, he did not. Um 
he lived to see another day. Unfortunately, those those poor hunters did not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, that whole chase all the way up to the bowling alley, um, I thought was really interesting. And then once Nikki and Mr. Wrench got to the bowling alley, I just didn't know what to think anymore. Like, put that on pause just for a second, because I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about the scene in the clearing. Okay. So. This, to me, was probably my favorite scene of the episode, even though there's some great stuff in the bowling alley going on, um, mm-hmm. where you've got Nikki and Wrench. They've, they've marched for an entire day at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, the bus flips the night of Christmas Eve. They march for the entire day of Christmas, and now it's night again. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to this clearing... Where I guess the hunters had been, you know, shooting their crossbows at some point. There's an axe. They try to use it to, you know, finally break the chain. The chain was an interesting nod, intentional or otherwise. It doesn't even matter at this point to, oh, brother, where art thou? Oh. This is, and it's not just, oh, brother, where art thou, that uses sort of this sort of trope. I feel like every other tv show in history 50 percent of all the tv shows of all time have had an episode where two characters are chained or tied (laughs) or handcuffed together and have to work through some sort of task and it brings them you know closer together because of it but anyway (laughs) um in fact they end up using the chain to their advantage after getting shot with a couple of crossbows um cross elbow bolts i guess they're called uh they use the chain to trip dj qualls aka golem and then decapitate him which i was i guess that's very fargo-esque that's that's that was sort of a some really type scene yeah <laughs> that was extreme choking is what that was like I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> me neither, to be honest. <laughs> um, maybe he just, maybe DJ Qualls just has a very weak neck. Uh, could be. He's uh, a scrawny guy. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that whole scene was really well shot. I, I even went, uh, I think I'd mentioned last episode, Hollywood Reporter does a, usually does an interview with one of the actors after every episode. Um... And this time around, they interviewed Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And one of the questions was um, posed to her was, what was the dynamic you guys established uh, during that episode, given that the characters can only communicate to a limited degree? I'm just going to kind of read part of her answer. She says, that bond, what was happening on screen, was happening in real life because Russell is actually a deaf actor. And he mostly reads Yeah, I was just reading that. Um... But again, all, all this stuff was night shoots. So she mm-hmm. says even the reading lips part was very difficult because of that. They actually gave him a buzzer that was meant to signify action and cut and things like that. But she says half the time it didn't even work. So as actors, they just had to kind of rely on each other where they created their own signals for act action and cut. Even though uh, she admits that she doesn't know any sign language whatsoever she kind of learned a couple of signs mm-hmm. from Russell just to kind of get to a point where they could communicate with each other for the night shoots. And that's just really like 
this was probably just the way TV is shot versus the way film is shot. When you do a night shoot for a film, you're night shooting for nights, days. Um, I remember when reading when they did the night shoots for what was the big battle in the second Lord of the Rings movie? Uh, uh, oh, Helm's yeah. Deep, Helm's Deep, yeah. where the actors said we literally did night shoots for like three straight months. Good God. <laughs> um, but with TV, everything is just so compressed. So it doesn't really say how long they did these shoots, but it's probably one night at most two nights. Like you mm-hmm. don't have a whole lot of time or money to do long night shoots. So you have to know exactly what you're doing ahead of time. You have to have bonds with both the crew and the other actors so that you're not wasting film and wasting time and wasting money. Um, but that they got this really... It felt like effective, kind of exciting, kind of horror-esque sort of scene in the middle mm-hmm. of the episode. It was just really impressive to me, at least. Uh, outside of a show like, say, Game of Thrones or something like that, which seems to have, you know, these big set action pieces every three or four episodes. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, so DJ Qualls dies very quickly. Yuri is kind of left up in the air to that point. We know he's lost an ear. Probably lost a lot of blood because of it. But Nikki and Wrench get away and end up at the bowling alley. So what were your yes. thoughts on the bowling alley? Um, I have kind of a feeling that the writers of Fargo have been watching the new Twin Peaks. Yeah. Because <laughs> this felt like such a Lynchian moment. You know, that it's this abandoned well not really abandoned because it's staffed but it's completely empty um they walk in clearly they've been through some shit because they've got (laughs) shackles on they're covered in blood she's limping but the bartender doesn't like make any notice of that no um and then um oh ray wise um I think his is his name Paul in the show. Paul Moran. I'm not yeah. sure if I'm I, I'm saying Moran because I'm American. It's M A R R A N N E or something like that. It could okay. be pronounced completely different. Yeah. Well, either way, I keep wanting to call him Bob because of well that and Leland Palmer because of Twin Peaks because mm-hmm. that's that's how I know him best. But um, his interaction with Nikki. Uh, and then taking out the kitten coincidentally named Ray um, and his speech about um, how in the the Hebrew faith, there's a a belief that sometimes an old soul will attach to a new body. Um, It just, it felt very Lynchian and I didn't know if it was supposed to be like still in real life or or what? I, I just I didn't know how to approach that scene. Yeah, it was. Well, later on we do get a conversation between Paul and Yuri, but up until that point, mm-hmm. it was kind of up in the air, at least in my mind, as whether or not this was actually happening in reality or not. Like, was Nikki seeing this person? like a physical other person or was this in her head or a hallucination because of everything she had just gone through. Um, 
it's kind of left up in the air until Yuri gets there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting though that you mentioned Raywise Leland Palmer because my my head went there, but it also went in an, another television show he's in that was on maybe a decade ago or so called Reaper. Oh and, yeah. And Reaper he plays the actual devil. And he's not necessarily a mustache twirling evil devil <laughs> or a like straight up mass murder evil devil. He's right. he kind of you know walks the line. Um, but he's he's sort of like it's the the show is almost a procedural. It's about a guy who for one reason or another his soul has been sold to the devil. And the devil uses him as sort of um, a bounty hunter mm-hmm. for not necessarily demons, but I guess souls that have escaped from hell. And these are souls that have done bad things. These are very bad people. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's it's interesting that they use Ray Wise for this part. It's a very Ray Wise part mm-hmm. because of some of his past roles, we do kind of associate him with evil but this character isn't necessarily evil i wonder if that's by using ray wise it's a little bit of a fake out yeah because he could just as easily be god or an emissary of god that's true maybe an old testament kind of god because he talks a lot about you know yeah going against the wicked and all those different things with nikki well right and all of his his Hebrew references. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Um, and the one thing that had me really questioning whether or not this was real was, um, you know, he said something like, well, how does this place look to you? Or mm-hmm. Something. And is that what said, you see? Yeah. yeah. Is that what you see? Yeah. Um, also, he just kind of appears. I mean, he might have been sitting there the whole time, but the way that they showed him, he was just all of a sudden kind of there. And the way also the he... oh, the cat box the cat box was gone when Yuri got there. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you noticed that. I didn't. Hmm. Another nod that I did notice was this is a bowling alley that's very similar to the alley in the Big Lebowski. Although I guess a lot Uh. of bowling alleys are similar. But the way the conversation between Nikki and Paul is shot is very similar to the dude's encounter with, I can't remember the actor's name, but the stranger in the Big Lebowski. Mm -hmm. Sam, Sam Elliott? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just the way it's framed is very reminiscent of their conversation, too. So another little nod, which I think... I, I, I enjoy the Coen Brothers' movies, but very few of them, I think, are like in my top movies of all time. So I'm sure there are Coen fans that love all these little Easter eggs, mm-hmm. whereas I seem like maybe one or two an episode, they might see a dozen an episode. Um Sometimes I like them. Sometimes I feel like it's a little like, dang it, do your own thing. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. Um, But yeah, Ray in his conversation with Gloria 
focuses a lot on like critiquing technology and the modern age and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But here, his conversation with Nikki is about death and reincarnation and judgment and using her as an instrument, delivering a message to the wicked, which mm-hmm. I wrote down. It didn't. Going to church and Sunday school growing up and to a Christian school Monday through Friday, I don't think this was a real verse. They just made it up for the show. Though thou exalt thyself like the eagle, though thou make thy nest amongst the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord, is the message that Nikki's supposed to deliver at some point. Yeah, I don't think that's a real verse. (laughs) (laughs) Um... And then right after that, Nikki leaves, says goodbye to Kit and Ray, which was a really sweet scene because it does give her, you could kind of, in, 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 in the escape from the bus, she hears Ray's voice and you can kind of see that she might be blaming herself at this point mm-hmm. for Ray's death. And the kitten gives her a chance at the very least to kind of say goodbye and to have some closure. Right. Whether it's actually Ray or not, doesn't matter. It matters to her, at the very least. So then we get Yuri coming into the same bowling alley. Yep. Uh, Yeah, he sits down at the bar and asks for some napkins and some vodka. (laughs) Like typical bowling alley order. Yeah, napkins and vodka. Uh, And again, the bartender doesn't say anything doesn't do anything he just gives him what he asked for he's got blood pouring out of his ear hole at this yes (laughs) he's missing an ear (laughs) uh and he's also covered in his own blood Mm -hmm. um just not in very good shape at all uh and then he gets his own talk with uh with paul and uh then he he leaves the bowling alley, but I don't think he tries to get into any of the cars outside. I don't even think we saw him leave. Uh, Paul Paul tells a story to Nikki before she leaves about mm-hmm. some uh, Russian Cossacks and right. like the murder of this Jewish village or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then when Yuri is there, even though Yuri as far as I can tell, isn't old enough to have been there at that massacre. Maybe his... I think... Know. Didn't didn't Paul say something about Yuri's grandfather? Yeah, maybe that there? was it. So this, this guilt, I guess, has been passed down. It doesn't help that Yuri is now also a person that murders people, even though he right. wasn't involved <laughs> in the original slaughter. But Paul confronts Yuri with that same story and says that Helga and the rabbi have a like a message for him and then we see Yuri almost stare off almost into the camera and then we get to see what he's seen from his perspective and he's seen all these people that were murdered before they were murdered as if Mm -hmm. they were there to judge him and that you the commercial break happened right after that and then we don't see Yuri again for the rest of the episode oh okay yeah for some reason I thought I remembered seeing him exit the bowling alley, but not like leave the premises. 
No, after the commercial break, we come, uh, it's kind of the second half of the episode, which is a little bit different. We're uh, with Carrie Coon and her family. Um, God, what a, what a depressing Christmas. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, uh, and then that stupid kid. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. <laughs> wow, socks. Although I... <laughs> I wouldn't have been like thrilled about socks at that age either, but yeah, that's kind of the age where you do stop getting toys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess there are video games, but Gloria isn't really a video game kind of person. No. <laughs> so socks it is. Yeah. In my, in my house, that was the age where I started getting stuff like socks and long johns and yeah, more clothes than toys. I do yeah. remember, like, the last... the I think I was 12. The last time I remember buying a G.I. Joe thing with birthday money. And then afterward, like, I, I dropped $30 on whatever it was. A tank or an airplane or something. And afterwards, it just felt like, shit. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm actually too old for this. Like, this is the last toy I'll ever buy because I don't know what to do with it anymore. Um, but yeah, he's at that age where that's what you get. Yeah. But, but it does give us, it's interesting to me that it does give us another glimpse into Gloria's life and the awkwardness that is her divorce. Like here she is spending Christmas day with her almost ex-husband and his new boyfriend, um, where they're still friendly because it's not like. It's not like they broke up because of, you know, whatever quote-unquote normal divorce stuff is. Right. They broke up because her husband wanted to be with a guy. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I guess you could be the kind of person that says, no, we're married. I don't care. (laughs) But that's not the person that Gloria is, at the very least. Yeah, not at all. So, anyway, yes, a very depressing christmas um but then she hears about the crash drives out and we get more fun with men being awful to women oh god yes i (laughs) i didn't write anything down at this point but i did make a mental note men are awful once again (laughs) (laughs) topple the patriarchy exactly um I think after that, we went back to Emmett's house. Not back as in back this episode, but back as in back this series. Uh, Sai shows up wanting to see Emmett. This is still Christmas Day. So we kind of jumped backwards in time a little bit. The bowling alley would have happened, I guess, late Christmas Day. So now we're back in Christmas afternoon again. Mm -hmm. Sai's checking up on Emmett wanting to see how he's doing and um varga tells him another really weird story and i can never if i don't write down varga's stories i can never remember them you know what i am the same way i remember him telling a story but i don't remember (laughs) a thing about it it's it again it doesn't even matter what varga says at this point just the way he says things is scary as shit um I, I did write down <laughs> that he says to Sai, he has a cup of tea, he hands it to Sai, 
and says he says he says it's his mom's recipe that it, it it's some sort of secret that she brought from Wales. Yes, carried it in her bosom, right? Yeah, like <laughs> like this is a big thing to smuggle in a tea recipe. <laughs> what 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 what? Yeah, what is the secret to tea? Leaves well, and hot obviously, water. Obviously, it's some sort of toxin. Yes, and it's not just a. It's not just like a poison that makes him sick or kills him. It puts him into like some sort of coma. Mm-hmm. Because they take him to the hospital, and we skip ahead three months, and he is still in this coma. Mm-hmm. But Sai, at this point, I don't. I don't understand what Sai is doing. The last time. Varga made him drink something. It was his own piss. Why the hell is he drinking this tea? Because like, he's so a... scared of, of him. And Mimo is there. Mimo yeah, like, they're just hanging in out face. at the house. Uh, well, I felt really sad for, for Sai. For Sai, as yeah. he was As he was leaving the house, uh, you know, getting in the Hummer, he saw Emmett in the window. Mm-hmm. He kind of like waved at him. A little pathetic wave. Yeah, and Emmett just didn't really do anything and then turned away. And, you know, it's like, wow, okay. Yeah. And then he got the effects of that awful tea. Which, until the time jump, I wasn't sure if it was, if it was like a psychological thing or he was actually poisoned. Because just knowing Psy, I could see him True. freaking out over nothing. But it mm-hmm. was poison of some sort. What did you think about the time jump? What do you think about time jumps in general? Start there, and then what did you think about this one? I'm typically a fan. Yeah? I was a little disoriented at first because I wasn't expecting it. Not not in this show. Yeah. Um, and typically, a time jump will happen, at least in the shows that I watch, it seems like they always happen at the beginning of a season. So, you know, mm. you might end in one place at one season and then the next season you pick up a few years later. Or I see. Like Parks and Rec was a good example of that. Um, their last season or last couple of seasons yeah, picked up like season's... seven years in the future or something. Uh, the Leftovers, the final season happened three years into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wasn't expecting a, a time jump like that right now um it it was fine like it it wasn't like detrimental i think to the plot yeah it didn't even actually do a whole lot for the plot like yeah time jumps in other shows i don't know if you were an alias fan but yeah not at the really. end of season two <laughs> of alias sydney has this huge fight you know big fight into the mm-hmm. season and then she wakes up, um, and it's like two years later. Oh, interesting! Like she's been she's been missing for two years. People have assumed she's dead. People have moved on. All of her friends have kind of moved on with their lives and stuff like that. So it wow. throws a big wrench into the plot. Hey, Sydney's back. She wants her old spy job, but everyone's different. <laughs> yeah. Um, they did it in Battlestar Galactica. After the again, that's another end of the season kind of jump. Hey, you know what? Austin Powers went through the same thing. 
<laughs> he know. did. I don't remember this. Well, that's the whole premise of the the movie. Oh, you know, okay. he gets cryogenically frozen. It's a time in jump the from late his 60s. Yes, <laughs> and he wakes up in <laughs> the late nineties. Um, wants his old spy job back, and what was it? A show just did a time jump this year. Um, oh, Jane the Virgin. After oh, one, okay. uh, there was a, mer- a major care- character death at some point during the season. And instead mm-hmm. of like the very next episode being the aftermath of that, they jumped a couple of years into the future so that ev- all the characters could kind of be in a new place and not be bogged down with mourning uh. the loss of this character. But anyway, in Fargo, nothing much is different. No. Um, Everyone's sort of in the same position. Gloria is now a deputy, but she's still working the case with Winnie. Mm-hmm. Varga and Mimo are still in the house with Emmett. Emmett's a little more disconnected with reality, I guess. And now having lost Psy, like his last link to his past before Varga. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least for him, it puts him in a very different headspace than he was on Christmas Day. But everyone else is still kind of the same. Yeah. Not a lot has changed. Um, I'm surprised that Nikki and Mr. Wrench had been able to stay like on the run for three months without getting caught. We don't know what was in the green VW bug. Maybe there's a briefcase of $100,000. Or... Oh, that's true. One thing that I did read was that... What does he say? Uh, Ray Wise's character says something about it being ironic that he was giving them a VW oh, bug. This and is I guess the universe I... at its most ironic. Yeah, I guess that's a reference. I read this in an interview or a review... A reference to the post-World War II, I don't know about individuals, but as a people, I guess, the Jewish people would not buy German cars for the longest time. Oh, wow. Because of World War II and the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. So I guess Ray Wise, quoting Hebrew and all these different things, yeah, <laughs> feels it's <laughs> ironic that he's sending them off in a German car. Right. <laughs> I would never have caught that, but interesting little tidbit. Yeah. Anyway, we don't know what was in the car. They're out there doing something. It seems like they're the ones trying to lead Emmett into believing Ray is still alive. Yeah. It's not Varga. It could have been maybe at first, but just the way the mustache is handled... It, Mimo's true. genuinely surprised by the mustache, and I think Varga is as well. Sorry, just burping. <laughs> Makes it authentic. Um, yeah. So the the whole I, I ruse, I guess, to to try to make Emmett think that that Ray's still alive. Uh, it's pretty twisted. At first, I, I was really kind of thinking that Varga was behind it, mm-hmm. you know, with the car um, and the stamp thing, uh, especially with the pictures of the stamp, because I can't imagine 
Nikki or Mr. Wrench getting into that office easily and not be detected by surveillance cameras. Yeah, it would seem that possibly they're working with someone else. That could be. But we don't know yet. Um, I did notice that the stamp pictures were not just relegated to Emmett's office. Yeah, they were everywhere. Yeah, they were all over the entire office, which I thought was a pretty bold move. Yeah, and his, his secretary just says, you know, they were here when I got here. I didn't mm-hmm. even really think much of it because Mr. Varga does a lot of weird shit or yeah. something to that effect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so even his, even Emmett's employees have kind of gotten the message at that point that Varga's kind of in charge at this point. Right. Um, so Varga, when, when Emmett calls Varga and tells him about the car and the stamp everywhere, Varga tries to calm him down. He's convinced that she, you know, escaped to Canada. Mm-hmm. And he tries to, like, reassure him, you won. And Emmett's response to that is, but what did I win? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he I also think it, finds out that uh, they're selling a mall that they owned. Yeah. You own a mall? <laughs> um, so then Emmett gets drunk has sort of a dream of of Ray, I guess. So the guilt's laid on pretty heavily. Mm -hmm. Um, Emmett can't shake the fact that even accidentally he murdered his brother. Uh, He wakes up, takes a pee, and notices that he has a mustache on. (laughs) At this point, I wasn't sure if he was dreaming or what, but he rips it off. So I guess, you know, at that point, I... I understood it was reality. Yeah. So Varga comes out again, trying to calm him down, asks Mimo if he had signed the papers yet. You know, I was trying to convince him he needs to sign these papers for us to make our money. Oh, I forgot. We forgot to mention size a millionaire. That's right. Uh, $5 million (laughs) richer. Yep. So round two, round two of the yearly bonus. They're making quite a bit of money. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, at least in my opinion, I think these scenes with uh, Emmett have cemented to me that he's the least interesting character in this season. Like, oh, without a doubt. There's no, at least with Ray, even though it's the same actor, um, I feel like he was a little more sympathetic. Mm-hmm. A little more human, and maybe just having Nikki in his life. Yeah, you know, that definitely spiced things things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, gross burps. <laughs> Leave those in. Um, don't edit out my burps. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't worry, it's all in. <laughs> but yeah, he. Um, I just don't care what happens to him. Uh, no. Like, if Varga had killed him right then and there, it would have been like, uh, oh well. Another one bites the dust. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at this point, Varga's really like broken Emmett, it felt like. Oh, for sure. Um, which I guess kind of works for what he's doing. I mean, he's been manipulating Emmett all along. And now that he's got Emmett sort of in this state where he's totally dependent on him, like emotionally and socially and 
financially and all the in all these other ways um it works really well for their relationship mm-hmm. but Emmett isn't quite as broken as we think he is because he shows up at the very end to confess yep. i guess kind of a shocker to me um before we started recording i was telling you that like towards the end of the episode i was starting to doze just a little bit yeah uh but then when he showed up at the station you know perked right back up i was i was really not expecting that because you were dozing did you notice a couple things gloria and her partner have been put in the supply room Yes, I did notice that. Because when he came back, I, I like rewound a little bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that way I, I didn't miss anything. But yeah, they are. They're in the storage closet. And she's been serving, I guess, eviction notices. Yep. <laughs> That's her job now. Um, but she's still working the case on her own time because she and Winnie show up at uh, the hospital earlier on to you mm-hmm. know try to talk to Emmett again. Um, and they, they even say like, this is our lunch break or this is, we're off the clock or something to those lines. Right. So they're, they're, they're still trying to work the case. It's just nothing official right now. (laughs) Um, and she is also still having trouble letting go of her marriage. She has the divorce papers in front of her and Mm -hmm. she almost doesn't sign them, but right before Emmett shows up, she does sign them. And I guess her reward for letting that part of her past go <laughs> is Emmett showing up to confess. Confess to what? We have no idea. Like, there's quite a bit he could confess to at this point. Right. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. I mean, I automatically just thought, okay, he's going to confess to money laundering with Varga. But maybe he'll lead off with killing Ray on accident, you know, because mm-hmm. I think that that wears on his conscience more than the money laundering. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, that's what he's been having the most trouble with at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just it's funny that he's not. He's not. I mean, he is vid- visiting Psy, but he's not having visions of Psy, and he's not pining over his wife. It's his brother oh, yeah. that is consuming his thoughts completely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll it, be interesting to see how he spins Let's talk about it. Stella for a second. She's gone, like capital G, <laughs> yeah. gone. And again, we've talked about this. It would have really humanized Emmett to have her be a bigger part of the show. Yeah. Um, kind of to the detriment of his character at this point, where we, at least I don't personally care for his character a whole lot. But, um, yeah. 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 <laughs> so Sai made it through alive. I was a little bit surprised about that. I think last episode of the episode before, I thought he'd be the next one to die. Yeah. He's not quite dead. Not yeah, quite he's... alive, though. I don't know. There's still time. Mimo could still come in and suffocate him with a pillow or something. It's true. He had a sweet beard, though. Yeah, he did. I guess the hospital uh, barber is <laughs> they on no vacation for, for, yeah, for three months. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Emmett spins it. Like, how much of 
this whole mess is his fault, which mm-hmm. knowing him, it he's probably going to say very little of it is. Right. Um, but it it is going to be. Yeah, I'm excited to see how they deal with this because if he confesses to everything in the first few minutes of the show, that's episode nine, and then episode ten. So there's got to be mm-hmm. some sort of confrontation. Depending on how much Emmett confesses, if he confesses everything, suddenly that vindicates Gloria to her new boss, because she was right all along. Right. If he only confesses to some of it, but not to all of it, Gloria still might have trouble convincing her paratrooper boss or whatever it was <laughs> that they need to go get Varga. They don't even know his name yet. Um yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that is handled because what are the threads that are still out there? Varga needs to come down or at least I don't know be driven out mm-hmm. uh, we still have Nikki and Mr. Wrench at large right? Yuri, we have no idea what's happened to him will Ray Wise make another appearance? Um, who, who knows? Yeah, so these are the questions. We'll sigh. Wake up. It's gotten very soap opera-y lately, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if the frame rate changes in the next episode <laughs> to... I, I think they shoot soap operas at 30 frames per second, then we'll know. It, maybe maybe they'll Noah pull Holly's. a Mr. Pull a Mr. Robot where that like the first half of that one episode was all a sitcom. Yes. I'd be up for that. <laughs> Um, speaking of Noah Hawley, kind of close with this if you're okay with closing. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently he was doing interviews the the whatever it is, the ATX festival that's happening right now. A lot of TV panels going on there. And mm-hmm. he kind of echoed what uh, John Landgraf had said in an interview, that this might be the last season. That so far he doesn't have an idea for the next season. He didn't okay. necessarily say, this is it. He just said, no idea right now. FX is totally cool with just waiting until I have a new idea. However long that takes. Interesting. That, that being said, it would be interesting to me if they kind of gave it to someone else for, for a season or two. I would be interested in having sort of a new perspective. I wouldn't want it to go to anyone. It's not like I have anyone off the top of my head where I'm thinking, oh, they should give it to him or to her. Um, but it I mean, would kind of be fun to see someone else. Speaking of Mr. Robot, though, I would kind of like to see what Sam Esmail would do. Sure, give it to him for a season. I think he would do a good job with it. I think or, it might be even a little darker than yeah what it is now with him. Yeah, I'm sure we could come up with a huge list of different people like... Why not give it to, uh, what's his face? Uh, Brian, Brian, Brian Fuller. Sorry, it took oh. me so long. <laughs> I was like, my brain was processing. Or, it would um, be, if Brian Fuller did it, it would be the most gorgeous season of Fargo you'd ever seen. Or uh, Damon Lindelof just wrapped up yep. Leftovers. He doesn't have a job right now. He could take it on for a season. Um, I'd be all right with that. But yeah, it would be interesting to see some other perspectives on the Cohen brothers sort of 
not Cohen universe because they don't these movies don't all happen in the same universe, but in sort of the Cohen style. Right. Well, that's all I got. What? <laughs> what? I Did said that. Ju- I said that is all I got. Oh, all I heard was silence, and then I got. <laughs> so I, I got. Yeah, I was. <laughs> are you saying E got? <laughs> I don't know. Any any more closing thoughts? That's all I got. Okay, <laughs> that's all you got. Okay then. Okay then.